If you live in Auckland and work for a tech company or a startup, we'd love to meet you on September 1st for a very special tech-focused power session where you'll join 15 other women in your industry to build leadership capabilities, overcome challenges, and make tangible progress towards your career goals. Find out more at hello at powersuit.com. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, welcome. Thanks for listening. Today, we're looking at how to communicate clearly, getting your point across and be taken seriously. That's a bit stressful when you're having to do it on a podcast and you are trying to demonstrate what the topic is. Well, I edit the podcast, as you know, Nat, and I'm shocked at how I speak. Are you? I get a lot of words wrong. Do you? I say things incorrectly and now everyone's going to pick up on it. Do you know what's interesting? Because we've been doing some research recently and when you re-listen to transcripts or read transcripts of how people talk, we all talk. No one finishes a sentence. Yeah, well, especially us. I think so, but I actually think when I've noticed other people too, and a great podcast we linked to in a past newsletter about the way we speak, because we do actually have these weird language patterns that help us communicate and create context and all that sort of stuff, but out of context, terrible. So we won't do that today. We will talk as if we're talking to key stakeholders. Yes, exactly. And the newsletter this week was about stakeholder management, and we give an awesome example of a matrix and how to identify them and what to do. That will be in the podcast resources. But Clarity came up last week at our power session that people really wanted to learn that skill as a leadership skill. And when you think about the benefits, I mean, obviously prevents misunderstandings and therefore conflict, which is not fun in the workplace, and keep things running and just allows us to get shit done. And I wonder if this is where that growth mindset thing comes in, because I've heard people often describe themselves as very collaborative or very this or very that. Whereas I think all of us need to be aware different situations call for different communication styles. So you may want to collaborate in a collaborative session where you are discovering things and working together. However, you actually can't apply that same approach when you have five minutes of a senior executive's time and they are racing between meetings. It's actually not good enough to just say well this is my style we have to be true to who we are but adapt to our situation and not be scared to be direct particularly as women are scared of hurting other people's feelings we're highly empathetic and relational and so we have this fear about speaking directly and I do as well I know I do I'm always like I'm very diplomatic but actually sometimes speaking directly clear is kind clear and, is and it, kind yes yeah, respectful of people's time and I, I just think, again, this whole conflict and, and misunderstanding thing is key. Do you, do you remember in the 80s, the Pepsi jet fighter drama? No, but I do remember the documentary that came out yeah, was it last year. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's, it's wonderful. Like- I found it a little bit boring, to be fair, but maybe because I remember it in the 80s. Well, I'm only a millennial. I'm not a Gen Z, so I don't remember it. Uh, I'm a Gen X. Oh, damn (laughs) it. But 
nice try. Um, but anyway, it's this guy, John Leonard, that watched, he was 21 and he watched, I recall Pepsi, which isn't a thing in New Zealand, very Coca-Cola country. Anyway, they uh, Pepsi did this big campaign back in the 80s and you could collect points, which were Pepsi products naturally, each with different points. And you could collect them and trade them in for Pepsi swag. So there might be aviator glasses or leather jackets or frisbees. But at the end of this TV commercial, they flashed a fighter jet that said 7 million Pepsi points. And it was meant to be a bit of a joke. But this guy was like, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to arbitrage the system. He figured it wouldn't make a lot of sense to collect 7 million points. You could buy points for 10 cents. So he put a business case together, went out and got investors and raised $700,000 and sent a check to Pepsi and wanted his jet, thank you very much, which is a $33 million jet. <laughs> so anyway, big court case ensues. The judge ended up actually finding a Pepsi's favor, but it created a huge amount of bad press and possibly karma for Pepsi. Which is why Coca-Cola has won the war, I think, haven't they? I don't know if it's mm. just in New Zealand. Pepsi Max, however, much better than Coke Zero. Oh, controversial What's Max? opinion. The the zero sugar options. Disgusting. But interesting because that I I don't know how the judge. I mean, maybe the documentary painted out the side of mm. the little guy a little bit more empathetically than yes. Pepsi. But I was really yes. shocked that Pepsi won that. Yeah. How does that relate to stakeholder management, Kristen? Well, because clarity and comms. And that comes with our second point, which I'll get to in a minute. And if you're not clear on your communication and if you're tongue in cheek or if you have an inside joke or if you're trying to be clever, things can really mess up for, yeah. the, for the audience. I think it was clarity of comms, but also not actually engaging stakeholders. They didn't actually go wider than their group to find out how it might be construed True. and all, all of that sort of stuff. The other one I've heard recently in a totally different context is there are a lot of redundancies happening at the moment. Mm. And in one particular organization, there was absolute outrage because all these decisions had been made. I think one of the big four came in, created a new structure, and there was basically, I mean, conflict, talking about conflict, huge amounts of resentment mm. because no one had consulted the people. Yeah. So actually when someone came in and actually started asking people how they felt and gave them the, the opportunity to feedback, they all recognized that the actual plan was quite good. However, not being taken along for the journey made them hate whatever was going to happen. And to me, that just really showcased the power of stakeholder communications really, really well, that even if you have the world's best idea, if you don't take people along and they have the power to have influence over the outcome or to really make the outcome really difficult, you have to keep them informed. And if you don't, you're going to have huge amounts of conflict and pain. Absolutely. And you've reminded me, I'm going to put two more resources in the podcast links. And that is storytelling. We've done one mm. on that and really influencing people through storytelling. And the second is how another podcast actually I'll link to and the power of woo, which is winning others over. But this in particular, our first point um, is about identifying the audience. And we thought that, that we're going to cover three points today. The first being as part of clarity and comms is knowing your audience and we thought that we'd focus on this low interest high power audience that was in the newsletter today so talk a little bit about them 
Um, as a side note, I also spent the morning instead of loading the newsletter, creating a doc of the Matrix so that it will be included for people to be able oh. to download and use themselves. Because right. a few people have told us they like tools, and it's nice to be able to just download something and get cracking rather than having Amazing. to create your own. So you'll be able to find that as well. Love it. But that Matrix has four quadrants, as most Matrixes do, and one of the axes is low interest to high interest, and the other one is low power to high power. Mm. So if you think about interest, it's people who care really like who cares what you're up to and I would say low interest would be uh, potentially people like senior executives in a, a company the CEO especially if you're a couple of levels down they're not actually super interested in the detail of what you do however at the other end of the scale would be your direct manager who would be very interested in what you do and other people who are directly impacted mm-hmm. by your work and the power scale is almost exactly the same. Low power would be people who have no impact on the decision. They can't stop it. They can't really change it on your work. And at the high power, they have the ability to stop it or dramatically alter it. So thinking about that matrix is much more uh, it's much easier to comprehend in written format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The low interest, high power audience often is really senior people. And so these people are not necessarily interested in the detail. They've got a million other things on their plate. However, one swipe of a pen and the work you're doing could change dramatically. Yes. The reason we like clarity and comms for this particular audience is because they're very, very busy and they probably don't need to be across the detail but they need to know just enough at the right time because they have the power to shut stuff down, to slow it down, or to really supercharge it. So you're right in that they are often boards or senior execs. And when you think about a board pack or papers, there's always an executive summary, right? And that is because the audience is busy and it's like a need to know basis. And what are the key things that they need to know? So identifying the audience and storytelling up is another way of saying this. But keeping it short and simple, again, respects their time. And it's about getting the balance right, isn't it? And I think with this group, the only other experience I've had with it is I had to, a couple of times, I think, uh, report to a minister and go into one of those rooms yeah. where you have to give them an update on whatever you're working on and I had never done it the first time I'd never done it before and it's not something it's not I've never really worked in government didn't really understand the processes but it took three days to get our presentation down to 10 minutes and that was about 10 people working full-time for a couple of days to get the message clear and concise enough that we could walk in for 10 minutes and give them what they needed and to me that is such a great example of how much effort goes into clear communication and really thinking strategically when you, when the stakes are that high yes but often when the stakes aren't that high we almost don't put respect we don't pay respect to the amount of effort that has to go into clear mm. concise communication and we sort of all of us I'm sure are guilty of blatting out an email or Twitter's a prime case for this of just saying what's on top of your head rather than really sitting back and going who is this person what is the context they live in and how do I really strategically plan how I'm going to communicate to them and I love that you've put kids here <laughs> kids, kids low interest but very high power audience aren't absolutely they? <laughs> like they don't care what you do for a job but they will absolutely shut you down <laughs> yeah and I even love I know that my teenage daughter she enjoys having one chill out day she's very busy lots of sports lots of school and 
Sundays was always like her chill out day where she just wanted to stay in her pajamas all day and create. It was often with slime or art or crafts or whatever it was, but she needed that day. So I remember as part of my identifying my audience, I knew that I needed to get her buy-in for us to go do family hikes and walks on Mm, Sundays. And she had very little interest. (laughs) (laughs) But she had high power to shut that shit down. So I had to just cut, you know, feed her the right communications at the right time throughout the week just to get her like prepped. And I suppose when you're trying to influence even your partner into a decision, that same thing you know, like a just... dog or something <laughs> yeah, hypothetically yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, and I do like kids as an example because I think we often the word stakeholders is probably a little bit loaded and we have these visions of chief executives and ministers and board members but actually stakeholders are anyone in that position if you want to get anything done who are the people who have very little interest in it, but very big power to change it. And thinking outside the square is quite useful because quite often we do overlook some really key decision makers Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that'll be fine. And if you want to get a dog or go for a walk on a Sunday, it's actually a really good idea to think through how you might influence to get that done. Women are usually pretty good with this. eh? (laughs) It's like, you know, you're going to ultimately convince them that it was their idea. You are very good at it. I I did not have enough relationships with men probably (laughs) to be able to learn the art of convincing someone else it was their idea. (laughs) Highly influential. So the second point, so the first is you first need to identify the audience and you have more stakeholders than you think. So take a look at the resources so that we name out a bunch of them so that you can identify your audience. And the second is consider what they need. This is actually not about what you need and want, well it is, but you actually have to communicate to them in a way that fills their needs. So your question flips from what do I need? What do I have to ask to how do I make them successful and convince them that this will help make them successful? Absolutely. And one memory I have from consulting here is the no update update. Because quite often what they need and what motivates them and what they need to be successful is just information. They just need to know what's happening and you never want to leave anyone in a position that they're going, what's happening with that thing? I haven't heard an update. So it's actually perfectly acceptable if you have people you are updating regularly to say, hey, just letting you know we're still on track, no other update, so that they're not asking other people what's happening with this thing yeah and it empowers them because if they're put on the spot by their superiors it makes them look really bad like bad managers really yeah and Um, it's respectful to say you are important and I'm going to keep you updated even if there's no update and I like that example as well because quite often we forget because we know what's happening we forget to update other people until they need to know in quotation marks but people actually just need to stay across it if they're in that high power situation and Quite often what they need are things like they'll be thinking about risk, they'll be thinking about the big picture, the context, so you have to just get out of the detail and consider kind of the, this is the need to know stuff, and Mm. they will have a different need to know than you, you'll have to be across the detail, but they will want to know things that will impact the reputation of the organization, or their reputation, for example, and it often is surrounding risk which is a really big topic these days. Yeah, I think risk. And then if it's someone a little bit further down the chain, I mean, and I think part of this exercise is there's all sorts of things. It could be, uh, I want to make sure my budget's been spent appropriately. I want to make sure I can answer the question when I'm asked it. I want to make sure it ties in with the other projects I'm looking after. 
I want to look good and and really again thinking outside the square about those motivations of that person yeah like with my daughter it would have been saying we will stop for ice creams on the way home (laughs) (laughs) when you did say you were feeding her throughout the week I was like ice cream and then I was like no information I get it (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately feed her to get her out into the outdoors but yes, yes. I and like then, that. And then choosing the right medium for the message. That's really important. And quite often that just takes an ask and yeah. asking someone, how is it that you'd, that you'd like to be updated? And you could even query timing. I mean, it doesn't hurt to say how often and how would you like to be updated? And so I think email is really popular, but some people actually prefer a quick phone call. I or think Slack. I worked for someone a while ago and yeah, I was like, I teams. hate Slack. And so I was like, how do you want me to keep you updated? And they said Slack. And I was like, okay, well, I'll judge you. No, <laughs> but, but I am always surprised by how different people like to be communicated with differently. I hate phone calls. I would rather not pick up the phone. Other people are just like the fastest way to get a hold of me is phone calls. So don't assume that anyone else wants to communicate in the same way as you. It's a lot easier to just ask. Yes. So consider what they need was the second point. Yeah, I like that thing about timing as well. Mm. Every week, every month, what do you want? Yes, yes. Now the third and the most important, which is why we'll probably spend a little bit more time on this point. The final point is say what you mean. It's, it's okay to be straightforward. Avoid beating around the bush. Time is money. And, and we increasingly have low tolerance for unnecessary yammering and chattering. Uh-huh. Like I, yeah, I saw it's it's an ad that always shows up on my Instagram feed and I love it so much. It's the classic text that I think a lot of us send of, hey, um, are you free maybe sometimes this week? Do you want to go out for like dinner or a coffee or a wine? I don't know. What do you want to do? And they shut it right down to, hey, do you want to go out for dinner on Tuesday? And, and it just really highlights that beating around the bush thing of, when you send that message to someone, you are just putting a whole lot of work on them being like, okay, so you've asked me three things. You've given me a million options. Is it now my job to figure out what the plan is? So I think it's a gift we can give people. And I think we often do think it's politer to beat around the bush, but oh, when I'm on the receiving end of that, it's so frustrating. Cause I'm like, just say what you think, because I've got to run in two minutes and I'm now trying to figure out what you mean and read between the lines. And I just don't want to do it. I just want you to tell me what you want and then I will do it. Or the loaded question, you know, the can you... Oh, do you have time this Friday? Yeah. Well, tell me why. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) I know. And so now you're creating this whole conversation based on it depends. I don't know. What do you want? So no beating around the bush. Just be super, super clear. So a good way to remember how to deliver your message directly is starting with the what, why, and what's next. And so the what is giving the context, like very briefly, again, this is that executive summary. Probably not a great idea to jump into the detail. This is where you're kind of going, reminding the people why you're doing what you're doing. What is it that you're looking to achieve? Defining the purpose. And then the why is explain the impact of what you're doing again. Think about what they care about, their needs as well, what's keeping them up at night. You're reminding them of why they should care. And then what's next is this is what you can expect next. You know, I will communicate again in a month's time or give you another update next week. Or you might have an ask here. Yeah, I like it. Mm. And what I think all of this stuff is very iterative. And I know we've worked with a partner before and we got it down to initially we'd send them quite a clear email with, hey, this is where we're at. Here's three questions we have. 
can we set up a meeting? And what we found very quickly is they would focus on the first thing we said, they'd answer that and nothing else would be answered. Mm. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. And so we just started altering it and going, okay, one email with one question and we'll get that. And so you actually can edit it and change your approach based on what works for them and getting the feedback official or otherwise back from people. And I really like your note here as well about link to other information like you can give a really short concise email or slack message or phone call and say i've got all this other information i can send that through or link to it so if they want to go and check it they can but it's not all they don't have to rifle through paragraphs upon paragraphs yeah it's the classic appendix thing isn't it it's that detail is there which i think is respectful but respecting their time and just giving that quick executive sum uh, summary up top as well and the ask to your point about being iterative that could also be right up top if you need something done and there's your time bound have a deadline and you actually need a decision made you might go i am seeking your approval or i am seeking a decision on and you might actually start with the ask and then go into the what the context yes. and the why and why we're here and and why this is important it's, so yeah i mm. i have a really good example from my life building the yurt which no one's been updated on recently we are in building mode and we have a builder and they have now sent me a quote from their electrician and plumber and the quote from electrician and plumber included a heated towel rail and some lights i've never seen this heated towel rail and lights before and i looked at them didn't like them mm. ugly and so i how bad can a heated towel rail be well i don't want a silver one i want a black one like there's oh. lots of different shapes and sizes oh, of them yes. and lighting is so important and no one had asked me what I wanted. They just sent through a quote with all this stuff in it. So I called them saying, hey, just interested to know how this process works. And she said, just send us an email with all your questions and I'll talk to the guys. Great. So I sent the email. Next minute, the builder replies being like, don't worry, we've got this under control. You don't need to worry. And I'm like, this is bad stakeholder management because I'm sitting here quite clearly going, what is happening? And how do I, how do I communicate with you about what I want out of this and what things I want? And you're trying to tell me to trust you. And we are speaking at cross purposes. It was quite an interesting interaction that I was like, oh, this is such a great example of. So then, of course, I had to clarify, I just want to get these parts right. I would like to understand your process. Let's talk about it later. And then we can get to what works for you and me so that I don't end up with a silver towel around. <laughs> Did you fix it? Well, we're doing that tonight. But it's just been a really interesting process. And I think for me, going into an area that you don't know at all, like building a yurt, you are in very high power, very high interest if you're looking at the matrix, because I can shut this thing down. But I have no knowledge of it. I don't know how they picked those lights. I don't know what decisions need to be made right now and can't change and which ones can be altered later. And when I am out of my depth like this, it's such a great reminder of how other people interacting with us as experts often and what we're doing feel completely out of their depth and they just need that other level of information and control over this is what we need to decide on now these are the things that are in your control what would you like to do and yeah. and instead you're getting less of it and so you just end up feeling more worried yeah and, and possibly turn into micromanaging and that's because number one their track record's not proven with you. So this is all very new. And yes. so you can't just go, I trust you implicitly. You might in the second or third project with them, right? And that's a Well, great... and you can trust someone, but still want to know what color the things yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, if they know you as a stakeholder, yes. what you like, yes. then next time they'll probably get that right. And the second is 
yeah i mean they haven't you haven't bought in they haven't brought you along the journey really. yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. and they're seeing the questioning as a distrust rather than a i just need to know these things yeah. um yeah. yeah which i think it was to me it was like oh yeah this is probably putting yourself in those situations sometimes and really analyzing how you feel can help you do better stakeholder management yeah. because you've been on the receiving end of it and going oh yeah i didn't like that i actually need to know more about this and so you can start to weave that into your own processes yeah and seeking clarity was one of our tips and on this on this third point uh which is um say what you mean and that's just at the end it's okay to say i'd like let's say you're in a conversation or even an email i'd like to repeat you know just to make sure we're on the same page this is what i understand is that what you understand and i think that's perfectly appropriate as well i love that Mm. i love that and i think all of this is also almost that what we talk about the unofficial channels that quite often and this was such a great example that came up in our power session the other day you can go to a meeting everyone agrees on something and then you turn up a couple of weeks later and it feels like the whole landscape has shifted but you haven't heard anything Mm. and so you thought we all agreed to something but all of this stuff that we've just spoken about for the last 20 30 minutes Mm. is the unofficial channels almost this is the stuff the communication that happens around those and official meetings and official events to make sure everyone's on the same page and if everyone else will be doing this maybe not everyone else but a lot of good people will be doing this so if you're not you're missing out on a lot of the information and the influencing that happens in a workplace well and or guiding it if you leave space people will fill it yes and so you can actually take the lead and guide the work and the project and the decisions and really place yourself at the center with clear and consistent comms yes and i think we can never overestimate how much information people need actually that's wrong we can but in general we very much underestimate it and we spend a lot of time thinking everyone knows what i'm doing because i know what i'm doing and don't stop to think if you haven't told them they have no idea and that can be quite unsettling for people who are high power yep yeah absolutely so just ask you know find out who the audience is ask what ask what their even ask what their needs are like yeah again and that can update over time as well three weeks in oh no we don't want to be updated every week now great yeah 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 yeah. and it's okay to ask them what's keeping them up at night and what do they care about and how do they want to communicate with and um, then just go ahead and give it a go so we'd love to hear if you've been trying on any of these tips and what has worked for you, we can, we'd happily share them on socials. Speaking of, find us on socials, on LinkedIn. We have a growing LinkedIn audience on threads. How's that going for you? I think we're almost hitting 200 followers. Threads? Okay. I've got thoughts on threads. I think it was a big buzz. I'm not sure if it's like taken off to no, the No, it tanked about 50% three days after launch. Yeah, I, mm. I that's my experience. But how's, then look at Twitter. What a disaster. How's X going? X. What a disaster. <laughs> Is that? Well, I mean, I didn't like seeing it. Not like I'm a big tweeter or zeter now. I was it zeter. I don't know. X-E-E-T. Zeter. You're an X. <laughs> I have no idea. What a disaster. It's a bit of a train wreck. I think he's done a great job. Elon Musk done a great job with Tesla and SpaceX. But then I'm like, mate, what are you doing? I think he knows. I always back him to know what he's doing. But it does seem a bit crazy at oh the moment. Oh my gosh, I so don't, Nat. I know you don't. I disagree there. But anyway, anyway, find us on socials. I you mean, can find... when we're all Xing <laughs> a couple of years now. Doesn't he want to build, he wants to build uh, the We, is it WeChat? That same, the Chinese company that does everything in one platform. What's up? Oh, yeah, yeah, No, yeah, the yeah, WeChat yeah. and you can order food and you can tweet and you can pay money. And I think he's like trying to rebuild something like that. But 
Anyway, uh, well, I, I did know. see a really funny thing about all the all these companies with logos that are X's, and it was like nine out of ten of these are porn companies, and one <laughs> is Twitter. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. But anyway, find out more on our website. Sign up to not our newsletter. Yeah, not, not on it. We're, well, we are, but I haven't X'd and like Z'd in um, <laughs> six months. I gave up. It just doesn't seem like a very friendly environment. So go Threads. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Follow us on this podcast. Give us five stars. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.